Alright listeners, hope you are safe and well. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Jeeva's podcast. This is Vidya Narayanaswamy, your host. Through these podcasts, we celebrate women and their achievements in STEM. This is a platform for women to share their journey, leave us with helpful tips and tricks that will take you one step closer to your dream. Today, we have with us Dr. Shahana Samula. She is the Senior Manager of Business Intelligence and Data Analytics in Southern California Edison. She has her PhD in Economics and Econometrics from UC Riverside and her Master's in Science from University of Karachi, Pakistan, where she graduated with a gold medal. Well, that's amazing. We want to hear that story. She has been working and contributing to the tech industry for over 25 years now. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation and being in our show today. We welcome you to our show. Thank you, Vidya. Happy to be here and very excited um, about Jeeva's work. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here and be invited to this uh, podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I grew up in Pakistan mostly and my childhood, just like any other uh, young woman, young child, young girl in a in a Pakistani household, or for that matter, in a sub uh, Indian subcontinent household, very protected, right? <laughs> but uh, my, um, I can say my dad. There's always a behind. You know how they say a successful woman. There's a there's a guy. There's a man, right? I would <laughs> say my father was behind my successes. Uh, he was always, um, he knew my potential, He's always, he was always uh, pushing me to, you know, uh, go beyond my um, limitations or any limitations, if there's no limitation, you can push, push forward, you can do this. So he was the, he was, he was that figure in my life who really motivated me to push my boundaries um, beyond, um, beyond what I could even imagine, right? And so, yeah, I was, you know, I was a good student in, in school and my, my tendencies were more towards uh, quantitative, mathematical, you know, just a, just a tendency. <laughs> but then uh, uh, my, de- my dad steered towards uh, me towards, okay, at that time, you know, engineering and women were, it was, it was there, but not, not so much um, popular in Pakistan. So usually people would go to med school um, for that matter so and then of course there was it was a pretty competitive uh, field uh, there were only two medical colleges at that time especially in the area so uh, I was not able to get into med school and then and then I said okay now what what do I want to do right so and then somebody told me hey um, well I, I knew I wanted to you know pursue um, at least go to uh, uh, grad school eventually and uh, so somebody said, "Hey, there's um, this uh, this area economics. You want you want this this um, subject or this uh, field that you want you want to check out." I said, "I've never had even heard about <laughs> this field." And so I I, I got in uh, University of Karachi, and turned out because of my uh, quantitative uh, inclination towards quantitative skills. Uh, uh, quickly uh, got uh, very interested in this area and also statistics was the area that I was you know was really drawn towards um, so the combination of economics and statistical analysis and mathematical economics and uh, eventually econometrics uh, all led 
me to excel in the area um, and that's what was the story how I taught my class um, in, uh, in masters in, in Karachi earned a gold, me- gold medal but by the time uh, because I, I finished my um, grad, uh, masters and then already was uh, started to apply for uh, programs here in US at that time. And, uh, by the time I, uh, what do you call, they call it convocation over there, right? Um, graduation ceremony came. I was already here, so mm-hmm. I couldn't attend my own graduation ceremony, but my father did. Oh. And he was, he received the gold medal on my behalf because oh. I was away, I couldn't come. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was my story to come here. Uh, uh, continue my education in economics because I, I really like that area, especially the quantitative side of it. And uh, so when I uh, came here, I completed my uh, PhD in economics um, and uh, with econometric uh, research and human development also. And uh, so that was, uh, that was that was my story. While I was in uh, still completing my uh, qualifying exams and you know my coursework I was already done with my coursework I was just waiting for um, to finish my qualifying exams that's when uh, I attended a, a conference at Caltech a women uh, economists conference and as I still remember as I was going my husband told me hey um, you may want to you know take your resume with you introduce yourself uh-huh. do some networking right uh-huh. and uh, see what's uh, out there so so I met um, uh, this person from Southern California. It was interesting for me that uh, I said, oh, an economist and in a utility uh, company. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. And I'd never have never have thought about that. And, um, and that's how my journey uh, coming to Southern California started, right? I introduced myself to Dr. Robin Walter. Uh, she was also a PhD economist. Uh, and uh, so, and. And, and through her, I, I, I get to know and met my first ever uh, boss, to say. Ah. <laughs> he was also uh, an, an economist, PhD, uh, Dr. Marion Brown. Uh-huh. And I can say that uh, when you have strong women behind you, strong men, uh, so first of all, you need some, some figure right. in your family right. to push you, right. the, the uh, male figures in uh-huh. your family. I can say it was my father uh, growing up, and then later in life, my husband. Oh. Um, so I met my husband in in, uh, in Karachi. Uh, we uh, we were in the same program at the University of Karachi. Oh, there's a story yeah. there. <laughs> he was the person. He said that hey, you should you should pursue a PhD. You should. I mean, back then, uh, I mean, we were um, we knew each other, but. At that time, I did not know that I could even make that, uh, you know, leap <laughs> to actually leave Pakistan and come here mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You know, do all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from from a very protected environment. Yeah. So going back to what I was saying, that you you need some male figure in your family, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in your close network, your friends to push you, and then female, you know. Yeah. Uh, Females play a great role. It did in my life, in my career. Uh, Dr. Marion Brown, especially. I tell people that uh, I am, uh, especially professionally, 
I emulate, I always, I, till today I emulate my mentor, between um, from my first boss, my my manager for the first job that I got uh, at Southern California Edison. So yeah, that's how I got into uh, my current professional uh, right now. Um, spent 25 plus years in this uh, this area in the field of energy. Learned a lot from a lot of mentors uh, uh, in the industry. And uh, my, my journey towards data and analytics started from, uh, you know, having that quantitative understanding, quantitative, quantitative background, um, statistics, uh, statistical skills, econometrics background that led me to program evaluation, understanding um, uh, how do we uh, measure impacts of uh, uh, programs uh, in energy efficiency. Um, that we offer. California is one of the leading states mm-hmm. um, in the nation as well as in the, I would say in the world to lead energy efficiency. And um, so I was fortunate that I got into this area and using my skills um, um, of uh, understanding how do we measure program effectiveness um, for energy efficiency programs and demand response programs, uh, which we call um, distributed energy programs, now solar programs and all that, now electric transportation is coming. So all these programs that are uh, in place in, in the state of California, how do we measure their effectiveness, right? And that led meant a lot of data to be looking from the perspective of customers, from the perspective of state, policymakers, to really understand uh, what um, are these programs effective or not? Are we getting uh, the bang for the buck? Uh, as we spend the, the money on these programs, rebates and whatnot, right? And so um, that was, uh, so my 25 plus years have been in that space of understanding how to measure the effectiveness of programs. It's called uh, program evaluation. A lot of other fields have that energy um, uh, efficiency has also this uh, area of program evaluation. A lot of, uh, as you may might know, social programs have this uh, um, quantitative uh, field mm. of measuring effectiveness. So uh, with that skill, um, I branched into um, understanding other parts of the of the company's operation. And my current position, uh, business intelligence, is uh, is that area where data analytics is uh, is the is a core of understanding operational efficiency. Mm-hmm. and how we can serve the customer better uh, by improving our, our operations. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because um, so when you were doing uh, your course in uh, UC Riverside, were there a lot of students who were interested in this particular field? Is it upcoming or was it already there? Econometrics is, uh, is something that was, I would not say that was new. Um, there's lots of research. Um, it's a very broad field, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of there's, you can, if you are able, expertise in that, you can get into fintech industry, you can get into policymaking uh, industry. A lot of uh, uh, labor uh, economists, as, as an example, you know, rely on econometric data. Um, it is very uh, data dependent uh, uh, area of expertise. Um, we, I still remember when I was looking for my dissertation topic, and 
I was uh, because I was at the at a utility and I was able to um, um, understand where areas of uh, um, interest would might take my you know where I'm gaining all these skills and how I can contribute to the area of program evaluation using econometrics techniques. Um, so it is it's not new. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, it's just it's a little I would say a little. Uh, less um, known by women, I would say, uh, maybe not in these times, or definitely at, uh, during. I'm, I'm talking about the early 90s um, mm-hmm. when I got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of in my cohort, most of the uh, students were uh, men okay. uh, and male students. Um, in this, um, as you know, um, the area of statistical analysis. Uh, is learned in all grad school, right? Um, mm-hmm. When you combine that with the large uh, economic data, using statistical techniques led to this area of econometrics, mm-hmm. um, this field of econometrics. So it's a combination of uh, large uh, uh, big data, economic, uh, uh, you know, uh, policy data, and uh, labor data. So all that data plays a key role in using. Uh, when you use statistical analysis to analyze economic theory, led uh, um, what do you call that? What's happening in your economy? Then uh, that this area of econ- econo- uh, econometrics uh, plays a great role in uh, studying those policies. So, do you have a background in uh, engineering as well? No, I don't. Okay, that was that was what I wanted to uh, but I was you know led into now she'd be you know go to med school and okay like that uh, interesting because at that time women and engineers they were that was yeah unappreciated going to the med school being a doctor was more popular in okay case like okay yeah I understand uh, so what motivates you oh yeah I can say that uh, my motivation really stems from uh, uh, being able to find a, a piece of data, a piece of insight from the data that can drive some uh, somebody's uh, today's business problem. Mm. Uh, really, I would spend I would spend hours researching a topic, uh, especially if finding that um, uh, looking at data, uh, looking at dashboards to find that issue that you are a business is running into. So my team as an example is uh, is a centralized analytics team that provides that serves um, that provides a support function to our key operations such as our call center operation and our billing and um, revenue services organization uh, organization payment organization. So that's where uh, my motivation comes from and and not only in this space, but in my previous role when I was in program evaluation, was when we are talking about new programs, right? Uh, what is it that would drive customer behavior? My motivation comes from what is it that is going to drive that change? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're talking about a particular operational issue, a change in operation, 
or a change in a customer behavior because you want them to adopt more energy efficient technologies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Something that uh, a change that is uh, um, we want to create mm-hmm. uh, for our environment or for being more efficient. And what is that data behind that's needed mm-hmm. to make that critical that critical uh, decision uh, that would help make that change happen? So that that's really my motivation. I, I get really motivated by that when I get really excited with that when Aww. I play with something. I see. Yeah, you are really excited now. Just talking about <laughs> it, so I can just imagine. Um, what are your ideals? So, as a person, um, my ideals are I can say my values also, right? In terms of, um, I really value good relationships. Mm-hmm. I really value. Yeah, people relationships. Pe- uh, people. I I'm very drawn towards uh, helping other people. Um, so I have a I volunteer as an example um, I, in different ways. I used to volunteer, uh, you know, more in past than right now. Um, where uh, people are involved, like there's a people component of it. So my values really stem from. Um, There's uh, the relationship and how do I help people? Uh, how do I make uh, somebody's day a good day? Uh-huh. So that's you can say my ideals. Uh, an ideal day for me would be when I'm able to make someone happy. Mm. <laughs> nice, nice, amazing. People person. What is the most inventive things that you have done as a child that you still talk about? Yeah. You know what? I was a very artistic person, uh-huh. uh, child. Uh, I think that artistic uh, inclination from my childhood has carried over in my uh, this uh, these times. I think I used to make I I used to love putting things together and making something out of it. Mm-hmm. I still remember. Um, I would just take a piece of a towel and and you know just make. I still talk about that. You know, I remember just to be taking a piece of towel and making a doll out of it. Oh. <laughs> and, I, and I still talk it. You know, I do miscellaneous. Uh, you know, seemingly uh, one-purpose things and make multi-purpose mm-hmm. things out of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what. Do. So engineering was inside so was, you the whole time. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you started out to be an economist, was that your mission when you started out? I landed into this um, this field, economics, and but I, and as I as I learned more, and you know, uh, good teachers play a great role, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think. But with a great, um, and I grew a liking towards uh, um, this uh, this uh, this area, mm-hmm. and then uh, I, I you know uh, and I excelled. Uh, I started it because I you cannot excel something if you don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have that passion. You have to have that thirst. That oh, I yep. want to learn more. Yep, yep. I want to. Uh, yeah. So I think that's. Um, I, I can say that. Uh, Uh, never underestimate um, the 
the power of uh, the unknown, right? Sometimes uh, the unknowns can lead to something that you can uh, excel in. You you don't know what you yep. don't know, right? Yep, yep, yep. I agree. Your future is unknown, and that's the uh, the element of surprise is everything, right? Yeah, it takes you exactly. towards a path that you did not even think that you would go into. So yeah, yeah, right. I so, like that. And I'm, I, I, yeah, and I, 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 no regrets whatsoever. I'm glad that I landed mm-hmm. where I landed because whatever uh, in any um, any space, uh, you would say, okay, being a student, uh, from a student to being a professional, uh, uh, being a professional or being a employee or you know i i have to say that uh, i have to thank uh, and i'm very grateful that i excelled in uh, those uh, spaces given uh, given what the path i took yep awesome now um tell me about the worst days at work what does that look like oh oh worst day at work of course when everything is going wrong right (laughs) 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 think uh, worst day at work would be again the people side of it i think when um, i'm not able to help someone um solve their problem i think worst day could also be um when it's just full of meetings and the meetings and where we go nowhere (laughs) okay okay yeah you know just um I, I think uh, I like I said it's a people side uh, you know relationships if uh, if uh, if I ruin some relationship it hasn't happened you know as such <laughs> but if that ever happens I'm actually you know then then that would be that worst day I have actually there was some situation in in my career where uh, there was some 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 people issues you know I'm a manager and uh, uh, you deal with people issue so those worst days um, um, those are the kind of worst days when I'm uh, uh, not able to solve a people problem how do you manage uh, the worst days and then the burnouts and stuff like that so uh, at the end of the day I mean I'm this is something a challenge for me like I do carry it's not that I finish my work day and and then um, and it's gone from my head I do carry uh, with me uh, throughout so there, there could be some sleepless uh, nights for me you know when I you know I'm really struggling and I have to finish something or something I did not finish or something deadlines whatnot right but um, you know late I, I think this is something I uh, have start started in my later years of my career to handle more effectively than in my earlier years at the end of the day keeping the context in mind right keeping the big picture in mind um at the end of the day it's just work if you have good health um your your family's healthy um your loved ones are healthy that that matters most at the end of the day and keeping that big picture in mind really helps uh, to ground yourself and my spiritual side also helps, you know, connecting, connecting uh, with God. Um, I, I try to make that connection um, more, more often, and especially in troubled times. Yeah. 
I mean, whatever helps us, right? I mean, different people yeah. have different, people different, have different ways of yeah. coping. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, that works. That's, 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 that's cool. Um, what habits and mindset helped make you successful? Um, closing the loop, never leaving things. Um, Openance, yes. And it, it just. Uh, I think it, even if it's uh, something that it's uh, something unfinished, but closing the lettings, yeah, I was not able to provide you this piece of information or this thing that you make for me. I just, you know, not leaving somebody just wondering and, you know, uh, leaving somebody in the dry, right? Like they don't even know where you are. I think closing the loop matters. And, uh, and that, that goes back to communication. If you are a good communicator, if you have open lines of communication that all is hell, um, the receiving person, uh, and I think that has been a very successful um, skill uh, that I've always put forth and uh, never be shy about uh, uh, communicating with the person that you are um, you're working with. Um, and clear communication and open communication. I think that is a, it never fails you. Uh, it builds trust. And uh, building trust, building uh, building trust helps integrity and helps further cement your relationships. That has been a solid um, tip I can give um, to anyone uh, who list, who's listening to this podcast. That if you are a good uh, um, communicator, open communicator, um, and um, that helps uh, that can help uh, build trust and builds uh, integrity um, for the people that you're working with be it personal relationship or be it work relationship that helps a lot it's a you can never go wrong perfect that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that with us any advice for future STEM leaders I would say now given there's uh, so much wealth and depth and breadth of uh, areas yeah, uh, in uh-huh. STEM yeah. I, you know the women in these times have the whole world waiting for them yep they uh, and uh, it's just they, you, they can get into any area in STEM uh-huh. and make it uh, make it um, possible for themselves own it and you'll be successful you just need to own it to make it successful well thank you so much for that advice so that brings us to the end of the question and answer round we're going to enter into the lightning round yes the fun one okay Um, (laughs) okay all right I'm going to <laughs> Here we go. No, you can't pass either. That's not an option. Okay. So, if you were the vice president of United States of America, what's the first thing you would do? Okay, fix the immigration policy. Great answer. <laughs> Leader or follower? Sorry, you're cutting out a bit. Leader or follower? Leader. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's hard for me to follow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How would you describe earthlings to aliens in one word? 
weird people. Wow. They come in all flavors. <laughs> they come in all flavors and sizes. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's good. That's cool. Okay, superpower or invisibility? Why? Superpower. Why? Um, I want control. Ah. Okay. What's your favorite pastime? <laughs> Baking. Ooh. What do you bake? So yesterday I started my first sourdough bread. Oh. Where's your house? I'll come pick it up. Don't worry. <laughs> process. Gosh, it takes. Gosh, I did not know. It takes so such a long so time. So long. Oh yeah. Okay. But right. I like the fact that I like any pastime that produces something of value <laughs> for someone. That's I usually sweet. Give it stuff. Sweet. Describe living with you in three words. Uh, fun, laughter, reflections. Ooh, nice. It's like you already planned for this answer, you know? <laughs> It's right there. Okay. One thing that people worldwide could use now. Technology. If you could time travel, where would you be now? Time travel back to pre-partition. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, the eye is just and then just and then just stop it. No partition. Yeah. <laughs> Great. If you were in Mars right now, what would you do for fun? I would like to see how hiking. What kind of hiking we can do in Mars? <laughs> Good one. I've never thought about it. Hmm. Oh, that'll be interesting. Okay. Great. All right. Last one. What is your favorite thing about someone in your family? About someone in my family, oh, that's my son. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, a very um, a good listener. He's a good listener. Oh, he's a good listener. He's 19. Oh, wow! That's a rare combination. That's yeah, cool. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us. In our show and all the wonderful tips and tricks that you provided, hopefully it'll help somebody out there who's listening. Any other last um, words of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I would say that um, I think I'm going to repeat what I said earlier that find allies in men and uh, strong women. You know, be it in your family or be it at your work. Uh, there's uh, you do need uh, a person uh, who can root for you. Uh, we are we uh, we are you know we are all here. Uh, we cannot live in our bubbles. We need some some support, and um, there's someone out there. Don't live in your bubbles. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shahana. Thank you, Vidya. Thanks. Well, that brings us to the end of this session. Thank you so much for listening to our podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to check us out at gwis.org, gwis.org, or gwis podcasts, gwis podcasts. Till I meet you with another amazing story. This is Vidya Narayanaswamy signing out.